Welcome to the podcast. It's dedicated to making you a faster cyclist. The Ask a Cycling Coach podcast presented by Trainer Road. I'm Coach Jonathan Lee with our head coach, Chad Timmerman. Hey, everybody. Our CEO, Nate Pearson. Hello. And we are coming at you from Nate's hotel room here in Nelson, British Columbia. Now we've moved from Rosalind and we have air conditioning. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm actually, we just turned off the air conditioner because I was starting to shiver. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Best thing. feeling all week. Best thing ever. Yeah, it's pretty great. So uh, we had stage four today. It was the queen stage in terms of distance and climbing. It was, it was, uh, it was a big day, and uh, definitely have some takeaways from that. Uh, but first of all, just wanted to let you all know that you can catch more of this content and get an inside look behind the scenes on Instagram. Just look for Trainer Road on Instagram. You can find us there. We're posting stories and different content all the time from that. Uh, and you can also send in questions if you have any specific ones about this race, about anything that we're uh, going through or learning. Uh, so if you have any questions on that, just go to trainerroad.com slash podcast, submit them, and then we will go through that. Jonathan, those. I don't yeah. want to burst your bubble, but mm-hmm. today was the longest stage, but mm-hmm. tomorrow has 14 more feet of climbing. See, 14. <laughs> oh, just 14. <laughs> yeah, get out but of here with that. <laughs> it's four miles shorter. Yeah. So that's going to mean steeper climbs. And even today, you guys had a little bit of a... Well, flat point in the race doesn't mean steeper climbs we wasted a lot of time to well wasted i say we wasted a lot of time on on flat rolling roads Mm. today so you're right tomorrow's just more up and down less flat yeah so so let's go first jonathan four days of racing Mm -hmm. this is the first day where afterwards you didn't seem you seem like you were not a bit despondent Mm. yeah (laughs) Yeah. nice vocabulary Mm. thank you yeah Yep, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's how trash she is. Tell you, it's like when they interview sports people, they're like, yep, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. It was like I mean, a Tom Dumoulin interview. <laughs> I'm usually a man of more words than less, but uh, yeah, it was hard. So you came back and you were kind of glazed. Four days are getting to you. Yeah. Um, how did you, oh, first we put Eagle on your bike. Mm-hmm. So we actually did take that off my bike, put it yeah. on yours. How an Eagle is the 12 speed with a 50 in the back and you went 30 and a 50. How was that? Oh, massively helpful. Uh, if you look at the data, I was uh, nearly 10 RPM higher for an average cadence on the day, nice. which is really, that that shows right there. That's quite a lot, especially when you're talking about the difference there is, you know, 50 to 60 RPM when you're getting drugged down. Uh, so it, the climbing today was really hard. It was sustained for, I think it was like 12 kilometers or something like that. And it was just steep. It was like averaging 15% the whole time. It was really relentless. So that Eagle was helpful. Just another testament to gearing and prepping your gear for whatever the course is really. If you didn't have Eagle, would you have, uh, walked any of it? Yeah, probably would have had to with, you know, day one, maybe not, but day four, Ooh, yeah. Legs are feeling it. And also bodies, body just in general, of course, is what's really feeling it. So. Yeah. So another thing in your body, the worst part are your hands. So describe mm-hmm. what's going on with your hands right now. So I switched brakes about a month ago. No, a little more than that. Uh, about, I guess, two months ago. I switched brakes over to a set called, the. There, there are different, I had SRAM guides and now I have SRAM levels. And the SRAM levels have less power. So they cleverly made a long lever on there to give you more leverage, no pun intended there, but to give you more leverage, right? The problem this introduced is the fact that it shifts my dropper post remote further away, and it requires me to reposition my hand to hit that dropper post remote. Hasn't caused any problems until this race where it's, you know, back to back to back, really tough stuff. 
and really chunky and constantly chundery trail. So because of that, I've got a, you know, I've got a whole mess of blisters on the hand that are pretty deep. Um, one of my palm is three blisters deep. So it's a blister with a blister and a blister all on top. It's it's really ugly. It looks pretty severe. I mean, it's a, it's a full on injury. It's not just some nagging little wound. It's an actual injury. Yeah. And then I subconsciously was repositioning my hand to counter for that because it's down low on my palm and to the outside. And then as a result, I got the same thing going on up toward my, uh, up toward at the top of my palm where the middle finger is. And that one's, uh, three blisters deep as well. So today uh, I was, uh, I've been taping them, which helps, but today I've been, or I was riding with basically clamping in a weird, in a weird spot. I was bracing my palm in a strange area onto the grip. And then I was just touching my fingertips on the opposing edge of the grip. So then I was basically like imagine a C clamping down on the grip rather than wrapping around the whole thing. It's just clamping on to the, you know, the center point. That doesn't sound safe. It isn't. And that's the, the tricky thing is it's, it's caused me to kind of be stuck at a stalemate in terms of strategy, because the one relative advantage that I had in this, uh, and this was definitely on the descending side of things, but it's kind of nullified that advantage. Uh, I can't descend as fast as I would otherwise, just because gets a little loose at times. It's got to be a little frustrating too, because it's one of those things that you can't possibly predict. You couldn't have thought that maybe over three, four, five days of racing, what's my, my hands are going to blister to the point where it's hard right. for me to descend. This actually started happening on the very first day. Uh-huh. It's yep. just uh, different terrain. Different These, terrain. Same gloves as always, right? Yep. Yeah. So we're, terrain. to fix this, um, we've tried tape, 3M paper tape that I use to tape my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, put that on your, uh, people who haven't listened to the podcast and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you can um, listen back a few episodes. Uh, that didn't really no, work very well. The, the problem with that is that it, the adhesive soaks through the tape and it sticks to my glove. And then what happens is that it becomes more bonded to my glove than my skin. Mm-hmm. And then it shifts and it just causes, uh, it's, it's better than wearing nothing, but it's not ideal. So, uh, we're going to try for tomorrow is you want to put new skin, which is a, like mm-hmm. a liquid bandage, mm-hmm. kind of like a uh, Neosporin and super glue combined. Mm-hmm. And you want to put that on your hand. Yeah. Yep, and your Swanee, that's gonna me, yeah. is going to come pick it up for you after the podcast. Yeah. yeah because this town is very steep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's we're, hard to walk around. We're, if you look at our Instagram, uh, live story, it's very beautiful. It kind of looks like something out of Europe, um, except it's smoky now, yeah. but we're at the river and you, everything else is up a big steep hill. Yeah. So we walked to lunch and uh, that was hard on Jonathan. Oh, yeah. I think tomorrow what we're going to do, there's a restaurant here, but Jonathan's going to pick, there's another Swanee tip. He's going to mm-hmm. pick some food tonight and then he's going to message me from his drop bag. Or no, you don't have your drop bag, do you? I don't have it yet. Well, whenever you get back, you just let me know and I'm going to go pick his food up and bring it to him in his yeah. room. Because that, that like, you know, it takes 90 minutes to go out to lunch and come back. Yeah. Right? And if he really wants... He should order dinner too, or I can go back and get dinner and bring that to him too. Because tomorrow, I have a feeling it's going to be the roughest day. Uh, Yeah, it looks pretty rough. Uh, And then the last day is no slouch either. The descents are a lot of black diamond descents uh, mixed in there, which usually means that's going to be a lot of uh, drops and jolting and jarring. But we theorize that they're going to have made that stage just friendly enough to make people want to come back next year. That's what <laughs> I'm, I'm banking Chad's, on it. Chad's yeah. lying so to Chad's himself. banking on yeah. it. <laughs> it's like they must yeah. make it easy or yeah. friendly, fun. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but so some interesting things that I learned or that I, I, I learned today. Uh, first of all, when you're 
when you're deep into a stage race this way, you also get a lot of fatigue in just like your body's ability to process things quickly. And also then, I don't know if it's, I guess you call it like neuromuscular fatigue or nervous system fatigue, mm -hmm. but uh, my ability to react to things and, and do that, it's way tougher. So for example, there was a section on the trail today and it was pedally and it was off camber, extremely off camber and really loose, like off camber enough that your feet are like hitting dirt sometimes on the trail. So, and it's really loose and you have to make sure that your front wheel doesn't pull up the trail. Cause if it pulls up the trail, then it basically stops you. So uh, that part, I had like a silly little mistake where my front end pulled up and then I'm in my mind, it's just like, Oh, that's okay. Just turn the back or turn the wheel back down and pedal through it. You'll be fine. Didn't happen. And then the thought was, okay, you'll, you'll need to clip out really quick. Make that happen. Didn't happen. Like you just break down, you yeah, know, it's like almost like just... faulty neuromuscular communication. I mean, your mm -hmm. body's trying so hard to restrict your resources. So you'll just stop and rest for a while. But of course you're not because it's race after race after race. Yeah. Did you fall? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. But it was, it was, uh, hardly any speed just to tip over. So and it was like fall. soft, puffy, loamy dirt. So, so how did you, how did the race start out? Because if you look on Instagram, it was kind of like a long fire road and you had good mm -hmm. placement. Yeah. You were in the top, I'd say, 20 to start? Yep. I'd say I sag climbed it, but the group just got away. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if those don't know what sag climbing is, it's usually when you start at the front and let yourself drift to the back by the time you get to the top and then you kind of work your way up. But uh, we started out and the pace was really hard again. Uh, a lot of people uh, have you know superior fitness to me and they're able to pull that off. A lot of people don't, and I was able to pick those people off still going up the climb later on because the climb was, you know, we got to the top of the climb at 20 kilometers into the race. What kind of time was that through the race? Uh, man, I think that we were somewhere around in, I think, an hour and 30-something minutes, an hour and a half. Oh, 90-minute climb to start. Yeah. Ouch. So really not, rough. Not awesome. And there, was, there wasn't a lot of there was really no descending in between those, you know, the start in there, there was a bit of like rolling flat ish, uh, but it flattish was the break between climbing fire road that we had. Uh, but yeah, it was long and, and I really paid attention to my power today. Looking back, I, I thought, you know, in terms of like climbing, I think that a conservative bet is to try to stick around 250 Watts. So I really tried my best to stay there and I was riding the, the trail is tough when it becomes single track. It's so steep that you can't really ride it like a smart trainer. You can't just stay at your power goal because you just won't make it up. You have to put out more wattage to get up these steep climbs. But when it was on the fire road, I was able to shift around quite a lot. And I was able to reel in people that way. And they would basically kind of coast and go easy. Uh, they would be pedaling, but they wouldn't be putting out a lot of wattage when it would be flat or downhill. And then when it would hit a climb, they would hammer it and probably 400 Watts. And then they would start to fizzle out at the top. And I just tried to stay, uh, consistent, uh, like I, you know, like training with a smart trainer. And I think it really paid off because it saved energy. It allowed me to carry on a consistent pace from top to, or from bottom to top. It's more conservative, more intelligent pacing. Mm -hmm. Getting a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really important because the, the real meat of the climb came after that fire road and it just did not relent mm. uh, for a long time. It was just steep and consistent. I'm thinking so. that was a long hike for many people today. Yes, I'm sure. I was in my 30, 50, so 30 ring up front, 50 in the back. And I was just chugging along at about 80 RPM. Uh, that was, it was that steep. So that having, gives you an idea. Having the extra gearing though allowed you to better manage your power, right? 
Yeah, because with that, I was able to stay anywhere between 250 and 300 watts usually. Uh, I would try to stay toward 250, but every once in a while, you'd have to surge just a little more with mm-hmm. small fluctuations in terrain or whatever it might be. So yeah, I was able to do that versus before with that gearing, I was putting out much more force and I was that was pushing me up higher in terms of power output. Uh, as that speed decreases, your force has to increase. So that was really helpful pacing. And I know a lot of people talk about power meters not being usable in mountain bike racing or not being useful, I should say, in mountain bike racing. And I couldn't disagree more. I think they're extremely uh, useful. Uh, sure, when you get into terrain that's really difficult, then it just forces you to put out whatever wattage is going to force you to yeah, put out. Yeah, there's still plenty of useful information to be gleaned. Yeah. Especially post racing, but even during. Yeah, absolutely. So. So yeah, that was uh, one big thing. Also today I packed more water and I also ate more food, uh, slightly more than yesterday. And I ate all the food that I carried with me, which was, I think, uh, yeah, beneficial. I didn't feel depleted in terms of like food What'd you or eat? energy. Uh, I ate two, uh, 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 you can't even remember coconut. All, yeah. And that's happened a few times today already. Uh, my, my brain's kind of fuzzy. What's but, your son's name? Simon, Uh, coconut almond butter, uh, cliff bars. I ate a few of the, or a couple of those. So two of those, I ate two packs of the, uh, of the scratch labs, uh, chews, I think they're called. And then after that, I had a whole bottle. The extra little bonus that I have was a little piece or a a fig bar. So just, but just one of the fig bars. It's just crazy. It doesn't seem like very much to me. And then what'd you have for breakfast? I had three eggs and I had the normal, uh, like a bowl of oatmeal. So, and then for lunch, you had a, a hamburger with cheese, bacon, mushrooms, mm-hmm. um, fries, but there weren't very many fries. It was Canadian not portions, not American portions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then a Caesar salad. Yeah. And to me, like your breakfast and your lunch is kind of like, could be like just a regular everyday meal. Not like yeah. you just did a 2000 calorie, probably actually 2400 calorie ride with all the descending and body condition stuff. Yeah. And I I guess I don't eat that much though, relative to you, especially I don't eat that much. I usually, um, my caloric burn in a typical day, I think that we said it was somewhere around like 2,100, something like that. No, no, 18 something. Or 1,800. Yeah. Yes. You don't know anything, but I'm I'm 2,100 and you're 18. So that's 300 calories. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not much at all. No. Your Caesar salad was probably more than 300 calories, but it's still, it's not. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? And I feel thing, satisfied though. Yeah. You're feeling satisfied. You're not, uh, also I am, I, so I'm not you, but <laughs> I would be eat, looking for more carbs than, than you're eating. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel fine and I don't feel like I've ran out of fuel today. I was just governed. I'm the fatigue is, is certainly yeah, you keep your back. workload at a rate where there's a lot of aerobic metabolism going on. I mean, it's going to be predominantly aerobic anyway, but you just yeah. don't burn sugar at the rate that Nate does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was, uh, yeah, I don't feel like that's a, I don't feel like that's a hindrance or a sticking point right now. Uh, it's just managing the the hands and then of course the fatigue, but the fatigue is somewhat neutralized just because everybody else is going through the same thing. So it's really about, you know, making, if I can find a way to make the hands more comfortable, then I can have more control on the bike. That'd be awesome. So Yeah, but that's, it was, it was interesting though. My normalized power was, was really low today. And I think that was evidence of the fact, just greater fatigue. Once I got past that first climb, I didn't 
fully gas myself. I still had some left, but it was a lot of like surgy riding thereafter. And, uh, definitely the, that hurts your average power data and normalized power data, but it was only two sixteen was my normalized power today. And that was for three hours and 11 minutes. It's almost akin to going up in altitude. They're just, the power just isn't there. It doesn't matter how bad you want it, how hard you, you try for it, what you eat, mm-hmm. how you pace. It's just not going to be there. That's not, a really, not like it was a few days ago. That's a really good point. That is what it feels like um, going up in altitude and just looking down and wondering why the numbers aren't yeah. there. You know? I'm working so hard for, for that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So going back to what Chad said before that you don't, what I burn sugar at a higher rate than you do. Yeah. But I think we did our gas exchange tests and uh-huh. I think we're yeah, pretty I've, close. Our crossovers were the exact same. So yeah, and our FTPs are set. So you should be burning carbohydrate at the same rate that I do. Right, but I don't but feel like a, that's a problem. He's a smaller frame, and he's he's just more aerobically yeah. efficient. I don't feel I, like it's a, if I and I know what it feels like to run out of fuel. I'm not well, running. Yeah, out I'm not fuel. saying you're running out of fuel. I'm just saying. Um, uh, and there is the possibility that you overfuel. Do you you eat more than you need? Yeah, it's quite it's, possible. But and I'm not frankly, saying unless uh, your your weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking like some of the stuff I've, I've read lately about studies that show like seven grams of carbs per kilo. Yeah. You know, which is way higher than... Maybe I buck the norms. Maybe. I'm just saying, like, you don't think... <laughs> you guys don't think there's any that. possibility that you could feel better with a eating differently? I think that... So, you're talking two different things. Feeling better, and then we're talking about sufficient for performance. And yeah, for this me... Is a, this is a muscular restriction. It's not yeah. as though they're sapped to Exactly. Fuel. Yep. And for me, I'm eating enough for performance. Absolutely. In fact, I'm eating more than I would normally eat. So I feel, I feel just fine there. Um, that's not the problem. It's, it's, and you've been in this game long enough to know what it feels like when you're running out of gas. Totally. Yeah. You know what it's like. And even at points today, I, you know, I made sure to eat early and often to make sure that I avoided that, you know, um, because I knew that it was a longer day. So I am going yeah. to disagree with you too, but I will not, <laughs> I mean, you do what you, you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that if I ate more food, I would feel like crap. I would get worse sleep and then I would not I'm not saying quite eating as well, more so. food. I'm saying same amount of calories, just different yeah even different then, relationship i so rarely eat a lot of carbs too it would be a shift in my diet that's another thing to that's consider. true and, and that's a huge thing actually it's not just shifting is, things it's not just adding in more and like you just fill up another tank that's well, a shift for me so. no but that's a good that's a really good point is like if jonathan goes into uh like a race or anyone goes into a race and they're eating let's say even macros or something 33 33 and then race day they're like sweet i'm gonna go 80 percent carbs on mm-hmm. race week that's not a good idea. No, your 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 whole digestive system is going to have to do a lot of work to try to change over and manage that. So yeah, yeah. So I on the nutrition front, I think I'm doing pretty well. That I'll pat myself on the back for that one. Um, it's the it's and honestly on the fatigue part, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. So it's I mean I'm doing probably just as well as everybody else. I don't think that it's any worse. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see what happens to your body as you go through you know, four days and, and keep in mind something we were talking about earlier. If this was a road stage race, I would be nowhere near this worked. Um, nowhere near. It's just because it's so physical and it's a 100%. I know this sounds like an infomercial or something, but a total body workout, right? <laughs> but it's, it requires every ounce of, of muscle that you have in your body to be able to respond and manage the terrain that you're on. And then also mentally really fatiguing because you're having to process so much uh, when you're going down. Information, yeah. It takes a lot. It takes a big toll. Very different than like a road stage race, I would say. I would, going back to the thing you just said too, is, I bet you with recovery, 
not just based on genetics. Some people are feeling a little bit better than you, and some people are feeling a little bit worse. Probably. Um, yep. And I mean, obviously, pacing is the obvious one. But I think too, if you take two people, same amount of work for their FTP, mm-hmm. same amount of like descending work, it's just going to be different based on genetic you know who your parents were and what your gifts are some people are just recover better yeah yeah and and you can see that a lot of people also have experience in stage races in the top 20 it's largely an international crowd up there uh and i'm still i'm in 21st still no drama on the gc front (laughs) so despite a lackluster finish today i'm still in 21st and uh, but it's largely an international field and a lot of those people have experience doing a lot of stage races like this and they seem to kind of just be like, yeah, this is what I expect for day four. Uh, this is my first rodeo going through it. So I'm um, changing topics a little bit. Somebody emailed me and, you know, we were doing steel cutouts mm. and for him, he said he didn't digest them as well. Mm. I have you no, know, I digest everything. I have no, besides lactose, <laughs> I had no problems uh, digesting that, but he had a good tip, um, doing overnight oats. And I think I'm looking in this room. We don't have, uh, any microwaves. Mm-mm. So what you can do is you just put oatmeal out and you put water in it and it kind of soaks up. Yep. And then you just eat it like that in the morning. Yeah. That's um, a great idea. I wish we'd thought about it before we left. Mm-hmm. No, we have. Sense. Oh, we, we threw away our quick cook. I didn't throw away anything. Yeah. So but it, yours are the still cut. I know. But so it doesn't work. another point uh, that this has changed somewhat in a lot of aspects, this is almost like a different race now because of where we are in Nelson. We have a lot of restaurants to pick from now. Mm-hmm. And so in the mornings before the race, everything else, we might be able, well, tomorrow will be tough because we have to Super have an hour early. transfer. Yeah. Um, so probably won't be able to get stuff tomorrow. We'll have to figure yeah, that you guys, out. But no, tonight I can buy you guys uh, rolled oats if you want. Cool. And you can make, I can get some bowls and you guys can make the overnight oats. Yeah. I have great. raisins here. Okay. I can get you guys bananas if you want bananas or any fruit. Yeah, I do. And then the new skin and you guys can have your own little, uh, it's a pretty great idea. Breakfast. Yeah. Let's do it. I be, I'm all for it. Yes. I always feel, it feels good to like, <laughs> I feel kind of useless, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can help. Um, one thing that was, uh, that was just top notch today, I thought uh, with, how they ended up um, managing the race. The race was set up so that it was 10 minutes outside of town. And they knew that since it was day four and it was going to be, you know, people are probably going to be really fatigued after such a long stage. They have multiple shuttles ready and they were just taking anybody as soon as they were ready back. You also uh, said, I mean, we recognize that it's four days in, it's a pretty hot day. It's actually quite a hot day. Mm-hmm. The smoke's pretty thick and heavy and they had extra aid stations, correct? They did. Yeah. Which was really cool to see. And these weren't just aid stations, like a table with water. They had people manning them with either, um, big, like uh, sponge bags that yeah. were soaked and they would put those on your back. And, and yeah, I indulged in one of those. It's uh, pretty reinvigorating. Yep. Those on your head, or they'll hand you a bottle of water, not like a bottle you can put in the cage, just like a drinking bottle, uh, bigger ones, they'd hand you one and then you could just drop it and wherever they would come and grab it. Yeah. And then they also had cups, uh, that you could pour on yourself if you want to do that instead and they had cups of mix and they had people stationed beforehand to ask you what you wanted it was nice. really proper organization really well right done. there so yeah. i i just yeah thoroughly impressed with that there's two more things i want to talk about for today one is you mentioned you saw a guy who had over the these four days he's had five or six flats yeah one flat first day three flat second day one flat third and one flat or i assume one he may have had more but i saw him on the side of the trail today with one flat we had a couple theories about uh, why he might be doing this. One, like really weight weenie, you know, 400 gram mountain bike tires with no extra casing because it's fast. Because he's a fast guy. Well, he's also a bigger guy. Well, that's so that's one. And by bigger, uh, we mean 200 plus pounds. Two. Probably. Yep. 
he could be running tubes and not tubeless, which mm-hmm. I, it seems weird in the mountain bike age right now. Oh, it'd be crazy, yeah. Three, like a super low, low pressure, and that's causing some issues. And but what, four, what low pressure would cause is burping. Burp, uh-huh. yeah. Basically, it allows the tire, it's not enough tension on the bead against the, on the, the bead of the tire against the rim. So it will actually pull it away briefly and allow air to escape. Or if it's really, really not enough pressure, you'll get into situations where you'll actually pinch flat a tire. You can do that instead of pinch flatting a tube. Or since it is, it's going to have with less pressure when you're leaning up against like hard objects. uh, A lot of the time, like you go by a sharp rock on a sidewall, since it has less pressure, the tire can actually be pulled and deformed a little bit more. And it can, instead of bouncing off of those rocks, it can tear. And the last thing is that Jonathan theorizes probably, he thinks what it is, is um, he's a bigger guy, 220, Mm -hmm. and he's not super graceful on the bike. Right. And he's kind of slamming the bike around. And you thought that maybe that would be just, maybe it's a combination of a few things too, right? He could be small tires and mashing it. But can you describe like what's going on there? Yeah, I think that... uh, the best way to avoid flat tires, well, after going to tubeless uh, with sealant in there, but the best way to avoid flat tires is to be the type of rider that picks their lines and is judicious about where they're on the, where they are on the trail. It's that is the best defense against flat tires is being a person that picks proper lines. And what I mean by that is looking ahead down the trail and putting yourself in the proper position to not hit that rock, not hit that tree root that's sticking out or anything else like that. Yeah, these bikes are so advanced anymore and the tire volume so high and you can roll over. I mean, you can pick like a direct line down something that's got five better lines and just roll it, just yeah. bomb right through it. Yeah, you can get away with it for a period of time, right? And a lot of people just kind of become complacent with that. That's why a lot of people suggest that you start riding mountain bikes with a hardtail. It's because basically it punishes you. I completely there's, agree. I mean, that's yeah. the first year and a half I've been on a hardtail. Now I've gone to this bike and so far so good. It forces you to be really specific about where you are on the trail and careful because otherwise it it punishes you, not just with flat tires, but it also puts you down. Pinballs you all over that trail. So this is is a really good, um, this is a good example of perhaps, but whether this is the case or not, it should serve to inform us that if you are the type of person that's constantly looking for smooth lines and being able to be light over rough terrain and uh, when it really counts, then you're probably going to decrease the amount of flat tires you get. So moving on, this is the last thing that I want to talk about today and it's going to hurt. Okay. Okay. It's going to hurt everyone listening. Maybe not everyone. Yeah. But the first night we were here, we, you know, it's super hot. Everyone has the windows open and we overheard a couple fighting and one of the people in the relationship said something like to the effect of, you are so selfish with these races. Yeah. And I think, and with a six day stage race, if you are married or have a significant other or anything, someone coming with you, either way, all the training time it takes, mm. like that should be its own podcast of how to manage that. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, I was just doing a little swanny, swanny duty and I email my wife like, man, like cleaning up everything and doing laundry and all that, that takes a lot of work. Like I appreciate you and that made her feel good. So, uh, and I mean, I really do. I didn't do it just to make her feel good. I was like, holy crap, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just, this is just a reminder to everyone to thank the, the person supporting you. And, Hmm. uh, my wife was actually, she was a little jealous the first time we were going on this trip. Yeah. So I then signed up a trip that she could do, you know, kind of like, well, let's go do something else cool rather than saying, uh, you know, one person can't do something like, well, let's 
do something totally just for you that we want to yeah. do, right? When, so when the physical demand of this type of an event is so high, it's more than just riding your bike for three to four hours a day. It's way more than that. I mean, you're going to have to have things around you to be able to make sure that you're able to to complete those. And it's called the support system and trainings that way too. I mean, racing's the easy part, or at least it's the least uh, time intensive aspect of it. Yeah, all the training leading up to it. I mean, to for me to adequately prepare for like a six day stage race, oh, it would have been like I'm sure that I would, you know, I would have changed uh, certain things about my approach. But I, in the end. That would only be if I didn't have a family and a job and everything else that requires, you know, all of my time. So it is tricky. Um, balancing a six day stage race, there's so much more than just the fitness aspect of things. It's, it covers everything. Well, it's the, it's the money, the vacation time that you have to take from your job. And then all the hours of training before where you're like, mm -hmm. see your wife, you know, have fun with the kids. I have to go on a bike ride. I have to be, yeah. hopefully you do indoor training. Yeah. And you keep your kids <laughs> in the room with you. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a like, big resource suck. That's it, it, I mean, it that's is. part of the nice part of it, but right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, all of that said, it is quite an experience being oh, able yeah. to do this. Like I'm, um, I think that I could see how people get hooked into these things. Cause there are a lot of people here that like, basically they're stage racers, right? Like they just go around and doing these big stage race events. And I could see how you could get hooked into it. Um, if my hands were, com were, no, were yeah, not, it's, you it, know, be rough. A, I'd rather, be, it's the difference between, uh, and I think my wife and I are like this, you could go to Mexico for a week, which we've done and we're like, this is boring. Yeah. Or you come do this for a week. Mm. Yeah. The only reason that's stopping us is we have two young children. So only right. one of us can do it at a time. And then it's kind of, the person's so tired anyways, but right. my, my whole point of bringing this up is I just, it's a reminder to appreciate whoever the person is in your relationship and to say that you appreciate them so often that it feels like you're saying it too often. And that's yeah. probably the right amount yeah. or a little more than that. Right. Yeah. Especially like, when you're in a week like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When, cause Jonathan, you have a, what, a 13 month old yeah. at home Yep. and your wife's taking care of it and she's working yep. a job Yep. and you're here. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But this is work too. She needs to know that. And <laughs> she knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow, uh, just looking forward to the stage, it's going to be uh, 38 kilometers. Is that correct, guys? I believe so. Uh, 38 kilometers. 38 and you. it looks like we're going to have uh, just about, what, 2,000 meters of climbing again? Oh, you know what? I wrote it down wrong because I wrote it as 40.1, unless they changed it. I'm yeah. probably wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, it's 38 kilometers is what we're looking at. So with 38 kilometers on, on tap, it's not just a normal 38 though. It's very jagged. Yeah. It might looks, be severely jagged straight up, straight down. It, it looks like uh, geez, I don't a shark know, tooth. crocodile, crocodile mouth. Yeah. Shark tooth. Yeah. You were, if you yeah. were to fall on this stage profile, it would hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, it's gonna, it starts off with a climb first thing. We have an hour transfer. Uh, so we already talked about how we're going to adjust for that with breakfast. Uh, and then recovery drink would probably be a good idea tomorrow. Yeah, um, it's in that bag behind you. So just, cool. uh, take it out tonight. What are, what yeah. are the climb or the descents like? How are they uh, rated? They're, they're steep. It looks like, and it looks like it's, it's pretty raw. Do stuff. we know what they're rated though? No, no. I don't think people ride these things. A lot of the trails. Yeah. Are, so we were informed today that this isn't really a cross country town. They actually had to cut trails so that they could make this a cross country stage. Yeah. So this is, this, that was today's stage was they had to kind cut of a trail for downhillers them. Mecca then. Is that? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. This is one of the original downhill areas. <laughs> so have fun, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> bike's so, broken. 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see tomorrow what it what it holds for us. I don't know much. It's up in the town of Caslow uh, is where we're going, so an hour north of here. Uh, but this is uh, it's going to be interesting to see if I plateau in terms of like I feel the same as I did yesterday or if I feel worse because I assume that I'll have to reach at some point some sort of plateau or at least that's what I'm banking on um, and I don't com- continue to feel worse day after day. Uh, hopefully I can get a good enough recovery. Well, one last question for you. So what time are you going to get up tomorrow? Uh, I, th- I have to double check the shuttle times but I plan on getting up at five o'clock. So what time will you go to sleep tonight? 8.30. 8.30, okay. Chad, what about you? Almost exactly the same, yeah. And you're feeling, though, Chad's been doing the every, uh, every other day. I've been doing the veteran's approach, as I'm coining, yeah. uh, coining the term. <laughs> but he seems fresh, and he's been drinking beer, hanging out. Yeah, well, let's, like, let's be honest. I mean, I've had, over the course of, what well, we've been here five days now. Yeah. I've had five beers. Yeah, well, and true. I did have a couple in the restaurant. Okay, but either way, it's, it hasn't been, <laughs> it's not my usual level of beer Yeah, yeah, intake. it's certainly been, not. It's no. not like it's Chad's. Produced. It's not like Chad's sitting back in a lawn chair and he's surrounded by a bunch of cans of Coors Light. You know, I'm still, <laughs> not still case, though, but so. I think people are probably listening to this thinking, my gosh, like if, maybe if you don't drink a lot of beer, but over four days of solid racing, I bet it would be harder to drink that oh, amount I would, of alcohol. I, would, I wouldn't do that, no. Exactly. If that's I plan my... to race four days in a row, I mean, I, I modified my strategy pretty early on. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's the point is the you're feeling good every other day. Even with the beer drinking, you're still feeling pretty good. You don't yeah. seem any different than every other day I see you. No, because I mean, it's day on, day off. It's very forgiving. I, mean, I could do this. I could probably do, you know, 12, 14 days of this. I, really? Because Breck Epic <laughs> starts soon. Yeah, day on, day off. So that, that's something for all of these stage race organizers, just to throw in something your way. I bet you can make some money on allowing people to place the stages they buy yeah, on consider, whatever spots. And consider yep. that the economic boost, you got people who are playing hard for a day and then they have a day to, or I guess playing hard, yeah. Then they have a day to basically kill in between each race. Mm-hmm. I, I just think spirits would remain high over the course of the entire event. Whereas we're seeing in action, everyone's just kind of on this uh, d- downward spiral. Yeah. And two, like uh, in my situation, my wife and I could do it, switch yep. off every day. And that way you don't get the, uh, with the, cause we have kids to watch. You, you know, if I did the first three days, I would be so thrashed for the next three days to watch the kids. Yeah. But if it switched off every day, it would be way fun. And, be fun. you know, yeah, we really cool. So, yeah, tip there. Uh, if you had that for sale, I bet a lot of people would buy it. So uh, that covers it for this episode. Head over to trainerroad.com slash podcast and submit any questions that you have for us while we're here. Uh, anything that's germane to, to this race or, or what we're doing. And we'll answer them on the next episode. You can also find out more about this stuff, get some behind the scenes look at uh, Instagram on Instagram. Just look for Trainer Road and you'll find it there. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.